The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. But days now left to claim 10% off all workshops and mentoring and portfolio reviews and presets when you visit kevinmullinsworkshops.co.uk. All you have to do is use the word Fujicast upon checkout and you can receive 10% off the workshops, the mentoring, the portfolio reviews, the presets on kevinmullinsworkshops.co.uk. Offer ends in a few days, 31st of July. So, Kev, Sam still can't get over the fact that you, you let the chickens you let the chickens go. She, uh, I just, I'm, well, they never came, which is good. Well, I know, but how did you actually uh, break that to, to Gemma that, you know, you, you had a chicken coop she, I saw it come in. It was during during lockdown, wasn't it? It yep. came past you, it came behind you, yep. and then you, then you haven't got it anymore. They snuck it in mm. when I was on recording a podcast show, yeah. uh, and I basically said, "No, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen." And uh, but as usually soon when as you, you when started you talking your... about mites up your uh, bums and things like that, yeah. <laughs> chicken mites up your bum, that was it. That was definitely it. Chicken mites up your bum. Don't be rude. I mean, no, Donald, I can't believe he said that. Damn you have it. to be careful of those chicken mites, though, because they get everywhere. The Fujicast. Yes, welcome to a brand new week. You and your questions from our electronic mailbag. Real mixed bag, as I always say. Uh, tech, non-tech. And actually, today, somebody has uh, seems to have found a hotline to the studio. All we've all will become clear in a in a short while. If you've emailed before, fantastic! You are officially what we know as a friend of the show. If you've never emailed before, now is the time to earn your first time writer badge. Welcome aboard, those who don't shoot Fuji. You're very welcome here. Um, we'll also have club indulgence, where the drinks are free unless you're throwing down spirits, and you can pay for yourself. And um, and thank you, by the way, to those that have um, shared the show. It really does help if you. I don't know if you're in a Facebook group and you um, you share within that, um, then that always helps. People get to hear about the show that way, and of course, uh, Twitter is another way that you can uh, that, that you can share. Sharing, sharing is caring, isn't it, Kev? Sharing is caring. If this was Joe Rogan asking, he'd say, "Share the shit out of the show." <laughs> he would, <laughs> mother. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> And he'd and get that, away with it, and yeah. he'd get $100 million That's right. for, for the... <laughs> and, then he'd, and then he'd say, you know that coffee I was talking about last week? <laughs> yeah. It's no longer my favourite. My new favourite coffee yeah. is Java yeah. Beans from Joe. <laughs> That's it. And I'll have $35,000 for, for the privilege. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, he does start with seven minutes sometimes of, oh, no. of yeah. advertising, yeah. doesn't he? Mind you. Incredible. He probably gets paid more m- per minute than footballers do. Do you think he regard. does? Oh, I don't know. Hundred? Did I say one million just now? Hundred mi- million. I mean, hundred million. That was his contract with Spotify, one. but that's that doesn't include his yeah. adverts. Yeah, that he gets on top. Oh, so he's having him. he's having to move off the YouTube platform as well, isn't he? Because a lot of stuff appears on YouTube. I might be wrong there, Don't but know. I've I had a feeling that um uh, uh, that, that some sort of visual element was was. Um, don't know. And of course, he's a TV through. presenter as well, mm, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah. I'm guessing that, that and a comedian. It's all yeah. That's what I mean. He's yeah, all, he does everything. Yeah, hate him. <laughs> Already we hate you. Yeah. Actually, I do love his shows. Oh, oh, I, it's just um, um, uh, uh, the thing about Joe is. Um, I think he talks about us like this. Yeah, oh yeah, undoubtedly. I must have missed the episode where he did it though. <laughs> um, is, is that he just it's his knowledge? It's every it's every man knowledge. Yeah. Uh, every every woman knowledge. Sorry, every gender neutral knowledge. But uh, I know you'll be so careful these days, obviously, for very good reasons. But but he does, he does, he just knows about stuff. But on a level where you feel like I'm not being, yeah, you know, not, not being, because being... some of the guests he has on talk about the most extraordinary yeah. sort of scientific things. 
but he just he kind of like engages with them in a way where you think Joe knows about this yeah no good, good. Uh, I, I do like listening to mm. it as well right very good to the to the questions um, to the Batmobile to the questions you go for it Okay, this is from Jay Rogan in America. <laughs> and he says, uh, question for Neil. Yeah. How can I get my voice to sound so uh, good? Uh, Obviously, I'm joking. Mellifluous. This is actually from Leighton Isherwood. Uh, did Joe Isherwood? Not really, didn't Joe not really write it? No, Leighton Isherwood. Isherwood. Oh, one of my best friends was uh, called Isherwood many years ago. Isherwood. Isherwood. It's quite a cool name, isn't it? Yeah. Isherwood. Never, I don't think I've ever heard that surname before. Never heard of an Isherwood? Isherwood. I-S-H-E-R-Wood. Yeah. We've, uh, we've got quite a few. We've got Isherwood and Sons down, down the road. <laughs> Damp Road from here as well. Leighton Isherwood. Hello, yeah. chaps. <laughs> Lockdown may have ended, but yes. I'm still getting plenty of requests for me to work for free. Mm. Hmm. I gave a lot of my time to people during lockdown with advice, workshops for new photographers and even editing. But it seems that people still feel like they're still in those times. How do you start to put people down gently and bring them round again to paying? Mm-hmm. Pass it forward can only last so long. Yeah. Uh, Leighton. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, pass it forward, really, and, and people offering their services um, was seen very much as a way of marketing yourself, which would be good for you when we came out of lockdown because yeah. you were sharing your services. And of course, the feeling was that people would then say, oh, um, that Leighton's a really uh, nice person. I want to use them to now photograph my next campaign or, or you know, whatever you, yeah. whatever the, the purpose was. Yeah. But uh, for some people, it, it sounded like it never really ended. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose we're still on the cusp of exiting lockdown, I guess. Could go either way still. We might end up being back in. Who knows? But uh, hopefully not. Um yeah, I, I guess it's you just have to call it, and you know, ultimately, I mean, I've done plenty of webinars and things over the lockdown. I've yeah. done, uh, I've done, oh, countless. I can't even count that many. You know, like way more than the fingers on my my toes. Right. Um, <laughs> but and some of those paid, some of them didn't. You know, some of the ones for Fujifilm, for example, they paid me. Uh, I did I'm some. So, I'm still trying to get around the fingers on your toes. Uh, I didn't know you were from Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> you can get in a lot of trouble for that. And My so, auntie lives in Norfolk. It's right. I got. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I got paid for some, and I'm not paid for others. And and you know, I've done quite a lot of kind of free chats to other photographers and everything. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure that when lockdown finishes for good, whether I don't wouldn't mind still doing bits and pieces like that you know the odd chat does it change your mind then to to all that because you've always been you've been far more um professional i wanted to use the word commercial but then that sounds like you're heartless and i know you're not but if you're far you're far better and more professional at at being able to say to people nope but time is money this is what i'm worth and and i i have i i find prior to pre-lockdown i i find difficulty doing that it depends on what which context which context this is happening in later so if it's if it's friends and things like that that you know you know or you know really well or reasonably well then typically for me i've just been going look let's just you know we'll jump on we'll have a beer together and whatever if it's a business a corporate or somebody who's going to be making money out of it or it's going to a larger audience then for sure i've been saying no you need to pay me so um yeah it's at the end of the day, you know, you've got to make money. So just time to say, no, you need to pay me. Mm. Um, 
or you could start building a business based on it. Yeah. You know, what, what doing pass it forward? No, no, not the pass it forward, but you know, it's create a product. I mean, I created the product online um, portfolio reviews, yeah. and you were doing that prior to lockdown. Weren't uh, you? Well, I had them available, mm. but I wasn't selling many of them. And then as soon as lockdown came, I started you know talking about it more and spreading yeah. the word a lot more. And I, I think I've done forty, fifty. What over the, the this lockdown period? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm just going to work that out. <laughs> Goodness! Warning! Warning! He's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, but, but you could make a product out of it. You know. Yeah. Zoom it up, as they would call it. Zoom it up. Zoom it up. Right. Okay. Although I don't. Oh, I'm, I'm. I'm speaking to uh, a friend next week. Actually, uh, another kind of Lightroom thingy-majiggy, and he said, "What? What's your?" What's your web platform of choice? You know, mm. Zoom or Skype? I was like, no, no, not so. I can't face Zoom anymore. Zoom just reminds me of the deepest, darkest Does days. It? Isn't that funny that, that that's for some people will be associated with it? Uh, and I can't stand quizzes for that reason. And and we've <laughs> those deep, dark days, pub quizzes, <laughs> Friday nights. Old. And and I'm I'm being cautious about this because I, I am still in a group where <laughs> where where really it grew out of well, they're locked in. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they won't mind me saying grew out of the idea of the quiz concept and it was fantastic i loved it it was good fun um but but then now i'm kind of like i associate quizzes with that <laughs> that time and last week mother-in-law who came round because she's officially allowed to come round now came round and brought her ipad round and said we're gonna have a quiz <laughs> with with sam's brother-in-law i thought no please you've come round in person and we're still doing quizzes yeah yeah, Zoom. Ooh, yeah. Gives me the EBGBs. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, Ali Stewart Ross appears to have a hotline direct into the studio now, Kev. Um, oh, I like it. Yeah, I know. We, we, yeah. Um, and and always, Ali always engages with some really good questions, so it's never a problem. Um, and you're going to get two for the price of one today, Ali. Here we go. Um, love Monday's podcast. It's always interesting to listen in. But you didn't say what... what. <laughs> What was particularly good about that one? Anyway, this is not something I'm going to be doing straight away, but I'd like to know what to aim for. I want to start selling large wall art to my clients. 30-inch plus frames. Whoa. Uh, yeah, these are huge. Uh, which which would be the best Fujifilm camera to cope with the bigger sizes and allow me to crop? Did you notice, by the way, she said Fuji, but I've, I've, I'm now saying Fujifilm because yeah. Andreas and Cuneo and people like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fujifilm, if you say Fuji. Get it's got to be Fujifilm. Get the tap on the shoulder. I know. I'm, I'm feeling that tap. Uh, what would be the best Fujifilm camera to cope with the bigger sizes and allow me to crop if I need to? It needs to have a tilt screen. That is a must in brackets. I have an X-T3, but I'm not convinced it's got the quality to produce such large images. Thanks, Ali Stewart-Ross. What's 30 inches in feet? 12, 12, oh. 12, that's only about two and a half feet, isn't it? No, uh, 12, 24. 30, um, yeah, it's two and a half feet two, wide. two, four and a half gallons, um, f- five, five years and eight metric. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's about two and a half feet. Yeah. So, uh, well, okay, I had, I've had images printed from an X-Pro 1, mm. five feet wide. Was that of that big exhibition in, in Japan? Yeah, at yeah. CP+. Plus. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, no, it's, it's fair to say that that went through some professional upsampling company i would imagine mm-hmm. fujifilm did it all obviously so technically it's possible but you know ali alluded to the fact there that the bigger the the, the sensor the more you can crop in and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of critical there mm-hmm. so you know the ultimate in the fujifilm world obviously is the gfx 100 um you've got your tilting screen there you've got your um vertical viewfinder that you can have sticking up up your 
up your face, down your face, left your face, Careful. around your face. Right. Um, but you might have to sell part of your anatomy to to afford it. Right. Um, well, you've got GFX 50S, 50R. They're they're reasonably priced. Well, in fact, they're ex- they're all excellently priced for what you get, but they're reasonably priced in 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 comparison to the GFX uh, 100. Mm. So if you really want to be able to crop in and print at insane quality, then I would be looking at the GFX cameras. However, saying that, two and a half feet is not that big. Uh, 13 yeah, but inches. she did say plus, so I'm, I'm yeah, not okay, sure when that, when that becomes 60 inches and uh, you, 70 inches. And I think you can quite easily print that kind of size from a APS-C sensors, the, the 24, 26 megapixel sensors. Mm. Um, as long as it's with a decent printer... I don't mean printer at home, I mean lab, right. um, you know, who can uh, upsample accordingly, then it should be absolutely fine. X-T4 would be, uh, would be a XT4, nice one. Yeah. yeah, well, the X-T4 and the X-T3 and the X-Pro3 all got same, the same, same sensor. Same guts, remember. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So they're all 26 points something. I'm just trying to give Ali a reason to go out and buy an X-T4. Ah, oh, she wants a GFX. Yes. GFX. Yes. Ali, come on, join the crew. Uh, and a bonus from Ali. I laughed at last week's show when Kev said that if gyms didn't open, um, how, how would people get back into the Olympics? <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Yeah, that's a very good point. How are you going to get back into the Olympics, Kev? <laughs> I'm, entering, I'm entering the Beer Olympics. <laughs> okay. I, I thought you were going to say how many people would get back into their genes. That's probably more appropriate. I know you and Kev's thoughts about good karma and making it as easy as possible for a couple to cancel due to COVID, because we were talking a lot about this. How do you feel about couples not even admitting to the fact, though, they, they had wedding insurance? Well, I had one cancel yesterday for a wedding in three weeks' time. The groom eventually let it slip during the phone call that they're claiming their wedding insurance, but he definitely didn't mean to tell me that. Ooh. Some couples have reportedly managed to claim successfully. Um, well, they should should be able to claim successfully. After all, that is what wedding insurance is about. But I wonder how many have, uh, have actually pocketed the payout. Keep up the great work on the show. It's the only podcast that is actually a show. It's more than just a podcast. Thank you for writing a strap line, Ali. But that that there's a point. That's a very Ooh. good point. Oof, oof, However, I, I'm can of worms from, open. What I've been hearing, a vast majority of wedding insurance is not paying out for this. Oh. Um, a vast majority, but clearly mm. there has been some. Ali's just pointed one out. So he's he's got his insurance and he's claiming back from the photographer as well. Yep. So he's given he's given. Uh, let, let's let's put it. You know, yeah. obviously the normal Mullins fee of seven thousand pounds a, a wedding. <laughs> a and picture, he's, uh, a bit of picture, and he's thought oh, I'll have that seven k. Thanks very much. And, and I'll get back off the insurance company yeah, as well. Yeah. What if the insurance company then phoned you and said, Mister Mullins, that's seven thousand pounds. Yes. Did you pay it back? Well, this is it. This is what I... I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer or anything, but I would imagine that behaviour is against the T's and C's of the insurance company. Mm. Um, and, yeah, you, you know, I'm guessing... That's hard, isn't it? Because I... I How can you then say that to the client, though? Well, it's... Th- yeah. That aside, the, 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 saying that to, you know, to the photographer, actually, you know, we're going to take your money. That's the, the the thing that gets me at this point is, like, this guy, he's getting his money from the insurance. Yeah. Plus, he's then going to take the photographer to the cleaners who he knows is basically going out of business yeah. because we all... Well, we're not suggesting Ali is. No, but, no, no, but, but, yeah. the, but, you know, the generally weddings yeah. are... Well, are, Ali's not because we've already identified she's buying a GFX. Stuffed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that, so that's th- right. That's that's, 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 that's on a terrible prin- behavior. principle basis. Yeah. That's awful. Low morals. Yeah. 
So tell us his name, Ali. Me and Neil yeah. will be up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll bring Buck a chicken with us as well. Yes, no, no, he'll no, do with I'm, him. I'm going to find him because he's going to hopefully lend me a couple of hundred quid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Change that sound effect. Uh, Thank but, you, sir. But yeah, technically the insurance company, whether there's, there's rights or wrongs of it, I, it, it all smells horrible to me. Um, doesn't doesn't feel right at all, no, that, does it? I, I couldn't yeah. do that. Although yeah. saying that, I mean, I've I have also heard stories of people who have, you know kind of had maybe lost a camera bag or something and have pretended that they had a lot more stuff in the bag than, than was actually there. So you, you know. know, when you write down all your serial numbers, you want to be damn sure that that serial number never turns up again anywhere. If you yeah. sell that lens on, that serial number may well show up again. Yeah, Serial numbers have a funny way of doing the circuit. Yeah. And, um, knock at the door. Yeah. Mr. Mullins! Uh, right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Should we? I tell you what. Um, we'll um, we'll go for a um, we'll go for a let's go for some reviews here. Kev. We'll go for a club in. Do- oh, oh, we've got time for another question. You got another another question? Do another question. Sorry. All right. Okay. This is from Llewellyn Annadale. Llewellyn. Llewellyn. Uh, hi, Kevin Neil. Have either of you seriously used an iPad Pro for editing weddings? Mm. I tend I tend to edit individual photos on Lightroom on my iPhone, but I'd be keen to use iPad Pro for editing whole weddings on the couch rather than sitting at my desk. Where are you from? New Zealand. Llewellyn Annadale from New Zealand. Yeah. I'm guessing Welsh ancestry somewhere down the line. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's emigrated. Okay, so have you ever seriously used an iPad Pro for editing weddings? I'm thinking, Llewellyn, that you sound like you just want to watch Netflix and, and edit all your work. Am I right or am I right? I haven't ever used a, um, an iPad Pro or anything like a tablet for, uh, for editing a wedding. I, I do, um, I do um, happily edit on a on the laptop and then check my colour on a larger monitor when the whole thing's brought back in. But but I'm, I'm not sure. No, I've, no, I've never done that. I've never, yeah, I mean, you effectively do have a sort of tablet and laptop in one, don't you, with with your setup? Uh, my Surface Book has the tablet. You can take the the, the screen off and it becomes a, a tablet. So have you edited on that, like I, a tablet? I have, but it was never really, like as a tablet, it was it was doable, but, but never really kind of brilliant. But that was mm. before Adobe updated all of the Lightroom mobile stuff, which is a lot better now. Um, so potentially it could work um, in the days in those days where we were using kind of like smart previews and syncing across yes. Dropbox and various things like that. So yeah, I mean try it. I I I know people people do do it. Uh, I, my personal thing would be the finer issues, you know, the finer details, uh, workflow, how slow it is. If you know iPad Pro, the storage space, all that kind of stuff. Um, if it works great. If it doesn't, mm. blame Neil. <laughs> um, Why blame me? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's you know we've got no experience, obviously, clearly. But no. but Lightroom Lightroom Mobile now is very seamlessly integrated with these yeah, devices, so yeah. it should be good. I use Lightroom Mobile for all of my um, all, all my little smartphone images. Yeah, I love I using it. It's yeah. a really powerful piece of kit. Yeah. Right, let's do some reviews. Then we've got this week's uh, this week's interview. Um, I'll start, shall I? This is from Ed Danger. Ed Danger. That sounds like something out of a... That's a, that's a good. Why are you shaking your head? Well, everybody's got such cool names. Oh, I see. Well, funny enough, he Ed talks. He talks Danger. about names. The absolute best misnamed photography podcast is, is the title to this piece. Bravely overcoming their boring names, 
Kevin and Neil have somehow managed to put together a podcast not at all about X-Trans sensors and electronic shutters, although there is a little bit now and then, but instead about photography and even a bit about life and personal integrity. Well, we've certainly done that in this half. Grown up but playful, relaxed but with points of view, shorter guest interviews with access to long format ones that really hit home. Professional production makes a treat to listen to from Ed Danger, who does indeed have a non-boring name. Indeed he does. Uh, This is from uh, (laughs) AT0056. And he just says, the best! I cannot. It sounds like the name of a monitor. (laughs) I cannot get enough. It sounds like a camera, doesn't it? It does. I cannot get enough of you guys in the podcast. I have become a Fuji lover six months now, and there is no looking back. uh, And to add to this, the podcast, well, I can't say enough. I have listened to all the episodes more than once. You guys are the best. Mm. Thank you, AT0056. Well, this is GT733. It's the number plate kids today. Always look forward to Sunday evening. So obviously you, you save this up during the week and listen listen to the weekend after it's been released. My my most favourite podcast. No, I'm it, a, it could uh, be in Tonga or Fiji or somewhere. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, because you'd still, you wouldn't be able to get it early though, would you? Uh, only you would, because if I upload it then, then it would... Then it would be hours four. Oh, yeah. I could never keep up yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah, they could. yeah. It could be Sunday night somewhere could, in the world. yeah. Oh, my little brain's failing me now. He's, you're going to have to ask him to tell us where he's from, though. Yeah. Oh, no, the United States of America. Oh. No. No. It doesn't work, then. He just waits till Sunday, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we said that. Um, I enjoy the banter of these two buddies. Enjoy hearing the different perspective oh, no, of the English-based photography world. Why would it work? Because if he's in the west coast of America no, no, and they're eight hours behind, you uplo- it uploads at 5am. Right. Sunday night would be... 10pm Sunday night their time I try to listen each Sunday night before I go to sleep but never make it all the way through that's it <laughs> East Coast, uh, West Coast of America yes yeah. oh. and they wouldn't be wouldn't be Fiji or Tonga because they'd be it'd tu- be Tuesday for them I'm going to have to put this in the I'm entirely confused about where, oh, you, where you live sorry I interrupted so many in, times in I, only no, got, no, I only got to read one out <laughs> did you do you want to read another one no oh okay uh, remember all those that sent in uh, your reviews. Thank you wholeheartedly for them. And you're our favourite listener, and we mean it. Right before we go to our guest this week, we need to remind you of the special competition uh, for Tourbox that we we mentioned last week. Indeed, Tourbox. So uh, if you listened last week, you will know that it's a little device for controlling Lightroom with knobs and buttons and dials and paddles, and it's great, very good. And it's re- and it's really um, small. It doesn't take over the, the whole of your desk, which is. Um, I did have. Uh, I'm not going to say the particular mate, but I did mm. have one that was. It, it was a huge MIDI box. It yeah. was just. It was uh, unworkable, really, and the, the size this thing was. Yeah, well, that's why I like this one particularly well. Um, anyway, they have uh, very kindly given us one to give to you, or rather, they will send it direct to you so nothing to do with us to be honest with you um so kev you we really have to talk about the way that that we we deal with competitions and, and sponsors you can uh i feel a little bit like the middleman you know do you yeah all right anyway it's all good they are very good i have one and um you know it's a very good very good product. i still don't <laughs> so uh you can find out about it more on the website only on the website fridgecast.co.uk look for toolbox in the menu item um there is some kind of discount codes that should you wish to win it if you do sorry should you wish to purchase it if you do not win it we have one to give away and all you have to do in that page is upload a picture um that will that defines your exiting from the lockdown 
and uh, one picture only please so we will need to capture email addresses with that uh, your data will not be used for anything else please do not ex uh, call after hours or um, please <laughs> or turn up at entries are not accepted on postcard <laughs> and uh, you can uh, do anything else you want with it uh, we will not sell your data or delete it or eat yeah. it or but if anything. you want to send me uh, it on a £10 note yeah. I'd gratefully accept it that's perfectly fine <laughs> Do you know what I'm just thinking um, when you're talking about the the you know your what defines your exit from lockdown nobody's used this in the press and they undoubtedly at some stage when the vaccines become available we'll call it lexit lexit well like brexit you know brexit exiting lexit as in exiting lockdown Le lexit oh. No, I, I, uh, I just. There's wanna, a reason I never got to work in an agency. I never want to hear about it ever again. No, right. A change of pace actually for uh, today's guest. I spoke with Scott Shillam a few weeks back about the photography movement launched in 2017 with his best friend Steve Wallington. To quote the website, it's a not-for-profit organisation fostering a community spirit where individuals of all ages can discuss mental well-being through the medium of photography. This has been a subject, of course, very much at the fore, and we've certainly been talking more about it on this show. And I'd say myself with my other podcast title, Photography Daily, not a week goes by where we don't feature a guest who has something of great importance to say about the subject of mental health and well-being. Breaking the silence around the sensitive subject of mental health, the movement also raises awareness and funds for charity partners. So the photography movement I'm particularly keen to introduce you to. But the story starts with tragedy. Scott, I know you launched the movement in 2017 with, with Steve Wallington after you lost somebody particularly close to you to suicide. My, my next-door neighbour actually lost his son a month into lockdown, so it's a, a subject that's all the more real to me now. And, and though I... Yeah. I think I knew of the statistics, to be honest, Scott, but know, knowing somebody and having met someone who's taken their life makes something that was frankly uncomfortable to, to talk about un uncomfortably real. What, what, was, what was your experience at, at that time? So um, I lost my identical twin brother and business partner, Dan, to, uh, to suicide in, in February 2015. Uh, both of us during our adult life have experienced uh, episodes of depression, clinical depression, and both of us have have uh, had had during that period probably five to six bouts of it over a fifteen to twenty year period. We've both been at the point um, where I say on the scale of one to ten, um, you know, there've been times when I've 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 been a one. And um, unfortunately, in 2015, you know, Dan didn't manage to to pull through from a particularly nasty episode. Mm. These, these bouts, as you call them, because that's one of the things about mental health. Um, I mean, you can see a broken leg. I know it's a cliche mm. and it's often discussed, but you can see a broken leg, a broken limb and and, and maybe you can see to a, an extent a bout of flu, but you can't see a bout of of depression or anxiety and and i wonder how they manifest themselves i wonder if it's possible for you even to know that i think a lot of it's largely genetics it's a predisposition to something in the same way that a physical illness is not a break obviously you fall off of a fall out of a tree and and break an arm but i think you know a lot of uh, a lot of cancers are are genetic dan and i were part of a of, of a, the twin research program 
by a guy called Dr. Tim Spector at King's College in, in London. And um, we, we joined that about 10 years ago, mainly because they didn't have enough male cohort. It seems to be something that, that women are more um, willing to do. But uh, identical twins have the same genetics, the same DNA. Of course. And yeah. um, so they can get a lot of uh, data from it. And they actually have managed to find the gene for uh, predisposition to breast cancer from having identical twins uh, with one, one having it, one without, and then matching the, uh, matching the, the, the genes and seeing that there's a marker. They haven't managed to do that for, um, for mental ill health um, at the moment, but there are definitely sort of complexities there that uh, they're trying to unravel. And um, I just feel that it's part of who we are. Um, I obviously think that things like trauma and there are other, there are other aspects to it, but definitely one of the elements of it is is a pre is a, is a predisposition to something, and it's just part of you. Well, well, out of this trauma has uh, has grown something positive, uh, which is the photography movement. Your association with Steve, first of all, how how did how did you two meet? How, how did you decide? So Steve on... and I were at college together. Oh right, okay. And he was um, he's been one of my besties since the age of fifteen, and was also one of Dan's very dear friends as well. Oh, so he knew you both. Good. Yeah, so we both we both we both knew each other from from that age. So I'm I'm uh, I'm 54 this year, so a long time 40 40 odd years we've known each other. And Steve went on to um, become a senior creative in in ad in ad agency land. Yeah. And um, after it happened, it was one of those scenarios where we were having a chat over a pint, and Steve said that he he wanted to do something for uh, Calm the male suicide prevention charity which i'd actually hadn't heard of before but mm. had, had sort of done some research and came across it um the idea from steve was that to uh, run a marathon i i said i'd run a half marathon before and uh, um, i'm not prepared to double that i couldn't begin <laughs> to imagine what it would be like to have well, turned around I'm, and, well, and gone back to the start i'm with you on that one yeah i remember that um, thinking most some people do this twice uh, it, absolutely <laughs> and and i'm not built for i'm not built for marathon running but you know we both have a passion for photography um steve actually is um is somebody that picks up the camera mm. fairly regularly i'm more of an iphone guy but i i enjoy the process and i have spent many many years obviously as a picture editor so i know my way around uh photography and we also know a lot of people we know a lot of photographers and we we made this decision there and then that we would try and do something around photography that could help uh, very specifically at the time calm so scott let's go back to the movement as such um the ethos of your of your movement what is it uh, very very simple it's it's three words it's photography yep. conversation well-being and the idea is it's a sort of a virtuous circle. So photography has got proven therapeutic benefits. Yeah. It's about being in, in, in the moment. You know, you don't accidentally take a photograph on your phone unless, of course, it goes off in your pocket. But mm. the very fact that you are taking a photograph, and it doesn't matter what that photograph actually turns out to be, you have made a conscious decision to do that. And that is your photograph. And you've created it. And in that small moment of time when you were looking through the viewfinder or the, or the camera lens, 
um, you have been thinking about that and that sort of process. Sometimes you might be thinking quite deeply about it. Sometimes it might just be a spontaneous capture of something that, that you've seen. That is, is quite a, a therapeutic thing to do. The other bit around the conversation is that the idea is that photography, and a, we all know a picture speaks a thousand words, but the idea of a photograph is as, as a talking point, a discussion point, so that it sparks a conversation around it. And hopefully the conversation enables people to talk about their feelings and that it's got this sort of um, this virtuous circle that leads to an element of well-being. Now, obviously, clearly that that can't be for everything, but on balance, we feel that is it's a positive, yeah. it's a positive thing. And how do photographers become involved? I, I've spoken to a number of photographers who who echo exactly what you said about that moment. Um, there was a Canadian paramedic, for example, that I talked to recently. He was saying. He didn't understand how it happened, but the moment he had the camera in his hand, the post-traumatic stress disorder that he was being treated for seemed to evaporate. And it wasn't what he called a miracle cure, but it certainly was mm. an assistance in, in, in his life in a large respect. So how does it work with the organisation and photographers coming to you? Uh, we have an Instagram page. We like Instagram. Um, uh, social media in general um, I think has rightly so has, has got a reputation for being quite toxic, especially amongst uh, teenagers yeah. um, and especially girls. I have two teenage daughters myself, and I can see the negative pull of it. But but it does have some positivity to it, and we and we like Instagram um, because actually people that take photography largely are taking it for positive reasons, yeah. and we find that that's a it's a positive place to be. So we have an Instagram page we run some sort of online exhibitions yeah. so we just ask people for submissions we might have a topic area that we're talking around um, but also trying to feature photographers who have a backstory and want to through the creative process um, talk positively about photography so that a few people that, that that we've connected with through through the movement who are very accomplished photographers yeah. we've, we've featured them on the feed but we want to try and have something that's got lasting impact and we are actually just about to launch a, a project and we've only really found out in the in in the last week that we have uh, we're going to make this happen but we have about to launch something called show and tell right. and it's going to be a series of and a short series four or five video workshops which are going to talk about various aspects of photography including the process of photography um it's going to actually culminate in people submitting imagery which we will then post in a digital gallery space it's mainly aimed at 11 to 16 year olds so it's the sort of the lockdown generation i guess that we want to try and Sort of tap into uh, Getty. They, they appear in large font on on the website, and I'm pleased to see it. And it's it's great that they're that they're supportive of this movement. How how exactly are they involved? So a dear friend of mine, Lee Martin, who I've known since his days uh, at Allsport, who was our Getty's first acquisition, 
and the European newspaper, when I was picture editor, we used to get our sports imagery from from all sports. So I've known Lee going back to 1989. Yeah. Uh, he's, over the years, risen through through the ranks, become very, very senior at Getty. Um, he's had an extremely high profile and high pressured uh, role over over all of those years. Yeah. He's he's had some struggles with anxiety, as I think most people do. It's one of those things where um, you know it's it's just so it's so prevalent. People just don't realise how 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 common these these sort of you know stresses are in our everyday lives. But Lee, when I approached him to do the initial exhibition. Um, this is the one in 2017, wasn't it? The, so this was the one in 2017. Big one, yeah. And we wanted to then get our photographer community, the people that we knew. Uh, we just had a, the, the brief was um, modern masculinity. Okay, What's it like to be a man in, in, in the modern world? And just kept it really, really top line. And that was the subject of the exhibition. And I approached Lee and, and I knew that you know Getty had their... They don't have it anymore in East Castle Street, but yeah. they had the wonderful Getty Gallery. Sort of amazing space, wasn't it? Amazing. And and he and I said, look, you know, is there any chance that we could potentially get it? We'd like to run something at Mental Health Awareness Week. And he was, leave, leave it with me. And within a sort of week, he said, right, we've got it. We've got it for two weeks. Here's the dates in May. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. You know, Over to you. Like, wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, wow, yeah. wow. That's, yeah. that's ab- absolutely, absolutely incredible. So this latest project which also involves ranking and he has agreed to do one of the uh, video workshops Superb. for us That's which amazing. is amazing yeah um ranking also provided us with a with an image for the modern masculinity e- exhibition as well so um it was uh, great to get him involved in this in this new project yeah. we're very excited about yes, it yes i bet but getty are going to um help us with the curation of what we're hoping to get from this new show and tell program is that um part of the program of activity is that we're asking kids to submit some images it's not a competition but we're asking them to submit imagery which is then going to, we will then curate that into an online exhibition. Um, with the PR machine behind Getty, obviously Rankin's um, got uh, got a good sort of PR resource. Well, with his there. exposure, goodness. Yeah. Can I, can I ask a gratuitous question? Because uh, organisations and movements like this take, take a, an enormous amount of work. Um, you know that. Um, yes. How do you fund it? That's a, that is a very good question, <laughs> and it's supposed to be um, gratuitous rather than good. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. I mean, you can ask people for for help and assistance, and a lot of people are very willing to give their time. But if you actually say to them, "Well, I, I need your time for the next three months, um, two days a week," then that becomes a that becomes a much bigger ask, and actually something that <laughs> it doesn't feel comfortable asking for that. The um, the original Calm exhibition and everything that wrapped around it was was actually um, sponsored by uh, by Unilever. Yeah, and uh, and in particular their their links deodorant, the male deodorant. You remember the adverts of the guy running down the beach beating his chest and all the all the girls sort of chasing after him. Well. I mean, that was then, this is now, right? Yeah. So they did a complete 180 on yeah. it and, and oh. really sort of changed the narrative yeah. around, around it. And this particular one, we've managed to secure some funding from Cisco. 
um, which is amazing yeah. because they also have they also have the, the 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 platform behind them, and they want to. And we're currently just working out exactly what it's going to look like, but we want to sort of utilize the Cisco technology to get the. Um, you know, to get the sort of messaging out there, and we're just sort of working with them at the moment. You sat for, for some striking portraits with Steve recently, um, your partner on this project, which are posted on the Photography Movement's About page from a, I mean, it's a potent campaign, I think, called Let's Talk. Um, you had words painted on your face. Yes. And you were photographed for a portrait, and these words on your face relate to, to your more personal and difficult thoughts. Yes. Um, I watched uh, the video that accompanied that on Let's Talk's uh, website, and there were some, some extraordinary people. I mean, everybody's extraordinary, I know, but um, in terms of familiarity, that were prepared to come forward and talk about it, weren't they? Yeah, amazing. And Charlie Clift, just, uh, it was just the most amazing idea, simple Really, really simple. Oh, striking! So, so striking. And um, you know, hats off to him. He he had his struggles. Had to drop out of university. Did a sort of you know a, a gap year. Went back and finished his degree. Um, but you know, he he was he was suffering from from clinical depression. Yeah. Um, but has now become a, an extremely accomplished portrait photographer. Does a lot of work for the Sunday Times and had this had this amazing idea and. Um, he found out through the ecosystem, the photography movement had obviously seen my backstory. So um, asked if we would consider being subjects for it. And, and, and the Let's Talk campaign was really exactly what the photography movement is. Yeah. Photography, conversation, well-being. You know, that's it. Yeah, it fitted so- perfectly, didn't it? It it really did, and Charlie then said, "Right, I'm going to I'm going to interview you. I'm going to talk to you about you know you and um and then that's going to form the basis of of making the decision about what the words look like on your face, how we're going to do it, what the emphasis is, and um we ended up talking on the phone for about an hour, and and oh, you know I was I was really amazed that uh, the empathy that he had and that he was able to sort of talk to me." I didn't know his backstory at the time. I really didn't right, know it. Right. It's only subsequently I, I found it out. And that's my bad, really, because I, I didn't really ask him. You know, I didn't, I didn't think to well, ask him. Well, maybe you, weren't, you weren't perhaps expecting it, I should think. And that's the thing about mental yeah. health. People might talk to you about your mental health and you sort of listen to their regard and don't necessarily feel that they may, may be suffering from the, the same in some way. You absolutely don't. And I think when you, when you sort of realise that, I mean, there's this there's this silly number of one in four people, you know, suffer from poor mental health throughout their lifetime. I think it's, I think it's one in one, quite frankly. I mean, if you if you if you start talking about well, what levels they are, it doesn't really matter. It, it's it's uh, you know, nobody goes through life sailing through it having the the you know the most wonderful experience. It's just it's, life is a roller coaster, Absolutely. and it will give you peaks and troughs. And there will be times when you are feeling very, very low, and um, it happens to ev- it happens to everybody. But the the, the process then for for um, after the conversation was then working with this amazing lettering artist, Kate Forrester. Yes, she, she is amazing. Oh, um, and we went to Charlie's studio, and uh, I was there for about three hours. So I didn't know until I arrived there, what he had chosen and how it was going to look. But he said, oh, you talk about being being just flat. 
you said that you 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 reference this a number of times in the conversation. Yeah. You said so. I want to emphasise the, the the just flat. I want to sort of pull that out. And he said, and I want to do it almost like a scarf around your face. That's exactly what it looked like. It was a mask, yeah. wasn't it? It was almost yeah. a, mu- a muting of being able to say what you wanted to say yeah. publicly. And um, and he sort of, you know, I said, wow. I said, yeah, okay, well, let's, you know, let's let's do it. And then sat there with Kate, and obviously Kate's painting my face for nearly two hours, and then Charlie would come over and, He'd say, "Oh no, I'd like that to be a bit more." I mean, he was, you know, really, really looking at this, and he could he, he could envisage exactly what he wanted to capture. Quite extraordinary, really. And of course, I didn't see it until Kate's finished with it, you know. And I was like, "Whoa, that that's powerful, powerful." Mm. Of course, I I saw it in reverse in the in the mirrors. It wasn't until I actually saw the the in camera stuff that I and, and with the lighting and everything that I just I was blown away. It's extraordinary work, and we I will put the links to that on the the show notes. I guess I guess you've talked a little bit about the future. Just just in closing, really, um, I mean, you've talked about the the ideas of the online exhibitions. Um, as far as the organisations concerned, the movement is concerned. There's there's still a lot of work to be done, isn't there? A hell of a lot, and I. I, I wish that I could, at the m- moment, put a bit more time to it. But uh, just the reality of, of of life at the moment, trying to sort of run a business and and keep that yeah. afloat, yes. and looking after my own mental health. Um, you have to realise actually what your capacity is, your own capacity. I mean, it's it's great to help others and feel as though you're doing your bit, but I also have to know what my limitations are, what my capacity is. Could I down tools at seven o'clock at night after doing a day of my work work and then spend another two hours, let's say, on on the photography movement? I could, but it actually wouldn't be very good for my mental health. No. So at the moment, it's trying to squeeze things in when I can, but knowing that if we can do a little a little bit and, and that that resonates with people. I love seeing Instagram comments from people saying that, you know, this is great and it's helped me and, and uh, you know, that's that's good. And I'd love it to be more, I'd love to be able to amplify that. I think we do have an opportunity. I think this new show and tell project will give it the, uh, the the kick that it needs, and maybe Cisco and or others might feel that they want to sort of sit behind something like this and and other mental health initiatives, because it's going to be something that um, in the next year is going to be more important. Our thanks to Scott Schillam from the Photography Movement for his time. If you'd like more information about the movement and to read and see what they've been doing, the best place is clearly the website, which is thephotographymovement.com, thephotographymovement.com. They also have an Instagram account, which is the underscore photography underscore movement. And whilst, of course, this is a British-based organisation, and being aware of the amount of listeners we're very proud to have on other continents, I thoroughly recommend a visit. For those who first heard a little of Scott's story on the Photography Daily podcast that airs Monday through Friday, with a special episode on Saturdays, there's a guest coming up on Thursday's edition called Ian Traherne, the self-titled Blind Photographer, a shooter who manages to produce the most incredible work, despite having 5% of the sight that most of us have. He has a thing or two, as you can imagine, to say about mental health. That's on Thursday's edition of Photography Daily. 
Right, let's get back to your questions. Oh, quick reminder, make sure you send these questions in. Um, they are very much still the lifeblood of the show. Send them to click at fujicast.co.uk. Click at fujicast.co.uk. Right, let's get back to the questions. Kev, yours. Okay, this is from Sarah Jameson. And she says, uh, one for Kev, really. Or maybe you added that note. I'm not sure. Oh, I think I, yeah. Uh, anyway, it says, I completely get your worry about moving back to the office. We've got used to being in a new place. And for many of us, that has been an office at home. Yeah. At the start, it was really tricky with kids shouting and homeschooling, playing havoc with being able to concentrate on anything for more than 10 minutes at a time. But now things have calmed and we've found a pattern. I always feel very guilty when people, you mention it all the time, those words, homeschooling. Homeschooling. Like, that home, the words homeschooling and, and the new normal, yeah. I, I never want to hear them again. What, what do you have a, why do you have a problem with homeschooling? Well, yeah, let's just say we are we're we're teaching by experiences. Anyway, uh, yeah. what's your advice for photographers coming out of? Oh, this Rosa time? does very good Welsh cakes, though. She does very to good be Welsh fair. cakes. And yes. she can now ride a horse. Yeah. Uh, what, while ba- baking <laughs> um, Welsh cakes, that's amazing. What's your advice for photographers coming out of this time in yeah. terms of going back to the office? For many, this is going to be very mentally stressful. Well, I think it is. All yeah. about Sarah. Yeah. I mean, it's been very different for me because I work from home anyway, really. Mm. I mean, this is the studio and everything I, I have is at home. Mm. Um, so it doesn't feel that different. I'm not, I'm not sure that I... I suppose this is more to do about when... Um, well, I've got a wedding coming up uh, next week, next really? Saturday, yeah. What? Uh, a proper one? Proper wedding. What, with lots of people? Yeah, it's not, I'm not just turning up to a field where nobody's there. Well, how are they doing it, though? Well, they're going to get married. Yeah, but do we need do we need to teach you what happens with? <laughs> no, but the, how are they, then how then the stalk comes, Kev. But they're only allowed thirty people. Yeah, oh yeah, this isn't a long, no, this isn't a large wedding. Don't get me wrong. Right. So we're going to a church. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've had the latest set of rules are, and they've changed a little bit as it's gone along. Yeah. The latest set of rules are um, that they're all going to a church. So I'm allowed to go to the church, obviously, mm-hmm. but I'm not allowed to take images. Not allowed to make uh, images. Um, well, I'm allowed to get pictures of them coming in, and I'm allowed to get pictures of them going out. I'm not allowed to get anything between. Apparently, I have to evacuate the building. So you have to go outside. Yeah, I don't know why I have to evacuate the building. I've always said everybody's welcome in the house of the Lord except the photographer, and, and now it's been underlined. <laughs> How will you know when they're coming out? Well, I imagine there'll be some some organ music. No, the music's not allowed. Well, I know they're not allowed to sing, but they'll be allowed to have a no. recessional, won't they? No, no music's allowed. No recessional? They're not going to have an organist taking up one of their, their sacred 30 spots. Oh, that's a good point. You're going to be stuck out, so they're going to just come bumbling out the well, door. Well, look, I used to be able to play the piano. I mean, maybe I could say, look, you know. Maybe. I'll do, I'll do the organ, and I'll do the photos. I'll, I'll do the collection. I'll be the verger. There we go. You've got four in one there. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. No, I'd not thought about that. So there's no music at all for no, that bit. I don't, I don't think know. so. Um, and and what, what are they doing afterwards? Um, well, then, now, originally we were supposed to be going on to... Uh, they were supposed to have their wedding in March. Mm. So it, their wedding happened, or would have happened, um, precisely one week into what became lockdown for us. So it was the end of March, mm-hmm. wasn't it? 20, what was it? 23rd, 21st? 13th, wasn't it? Was it? 13th, oh, 14th. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, whenever that was. Um and um, they were supposed to be going to a really, really lovely venue, but that's not happening because the lovely venue can't operate at the moment. No. So um, we're going to, which, which is, uh, ironically, of course, the pub next to the lovely venue does work. Of course. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, moving on swiftly. 
then we're going back to um, some parents, a parent's home, where mm. I assume has a reasonable amount of space to host a reception. Now, I don't know how many people are going to that reception. Mm. Do you want to put on my mask? <laughs> I've, I'm turning up in a hazmat suit, me. <laughs> Here yeah. comes a photographer. Look, you are my son. I tell you what, though, it is very interesting. I know we, we need to get back to Sarah's question at yeah. some point. No, um, but it is loosely a, a, a it around is that, loosely isn't it? Because it, yeah. that's my place of work, I suppose, really. I mean, this is where I produce stuff. After I've worked, I'm going to be really intrigued to see what they do at that house. Yeah, are you? Um, and obviously, you know, I'm going to stay very safe. But if they have, let's just say they invite eight, you know, they might have a marquee, eighty people and stuff like that. Yeah, because legally, you yeah. see, they can't, that shouldn't do that. No, they can still only have I don't six. Think, no. yeah. I think six people from two different families, isn't it? Right. So technically, now of course, this is going out in a week's time from recording. Things could have changed a bit. Things could have changed, but this is what I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I to, I'm with the clients entirely. You know, to, they want to get married, and they, and they, they rightly should. And I think the rules on on the marriages at the moment are just draconian yeah. um, I just don't think Boris wants to marry his girlfriend I think that's why he's doing this <laughs> honestly he's like putting as much as much um, hold on a barriers. Warning. warning here comes a politicised Kev he's putting as much barriers in the way as possible yes uh, anyway. or no or no or yes yes no no yes <laughs> no, 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 no yes yes yes, yes, yes. yes no um, but so technically they, they, they if they have 30 people at the church mm. they technically can't have that many people at their house because they can only have six from two different families, so they mm. can only have twelve. So fifteen of those people are going to have to not go. Mm. So anyway, that's my that's my yeah. um, All right. my, my my question on it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that yet. Of course, they might just mm. ignore the rules. No, these clients are absolutely a one perfect people. Okay. Obviously, Good. all my clients are. Absolutely. But you're you're right. It's it's going to be yeah. But I returned to work. Is it the same coverage and price and everything? Yeah, yeah. I, it was already paid. Wow. So I'm honouring something that was already paid for. Now their wedding has changed size, shape. I mean, the dimension of this entire yeah. event has changed. Yeah. So that I mean, thank you very much um, for them being hmm. um, so generously. You know. Of course, yeah, yeah. Actually, they will have happy say- to to allow me to work within that original fee structure for a much reduced event. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, they will have actually recovered a lot of money by mm. not having such a big event anyway. But mm. anyway, good. Well, well done, you and them mm. and their future well, kids and don't know yet but, grandkids. But I, how do I feel about it? I feel a bit nervous. Yeah. So going back to the question, uh, yeah, I agree. I would, yeah. I would be a little bit nervous too, yeah. especially with all the unknowns. Yeah. See, this is why I'm asking you. I would be. Where, 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 where does it end though? Because you know, if you, if you, have you've got a wedding coming up? Uh, no, I've, I've literally this year. I've, I've technically got one in September. Right. Still, what would happen if you one in October? How, would you, how do you feel about that? If they say we're doing it, Kev, we're doing it. No, no, no. I would feel fine. The only thing that I, I, I would be conscious of for you, if I was in your shoes, mm. I would have found out what was happening in the, at the house. How many people? Oh, are I, I have asked, and I think it sounds like you know it's it's that number, but no more. Right. Yeah. That's that's the only thing. That's mm. what I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be going to a wedding. Well, where there's not, suddenly 190 yeah. people. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I don't think it's that. Yeah. No, other than that, I mean, play, I'm, I, I'm happy to do anything by the guidelines. Now, I do done. have a wedding that's still on in September that I've got to fly to. And that one's in, in France. 
Now, uh, they are in what's called a green area, or green zone, I think they're calling mm-hmm. it. And uh, everything they've organised, which is around about 60 guests, is is legally fine. Mm. Now, but of course... I'd drive. Would you? Yeah. It's a long way. It's the south of France. It's fine. Go on a boat or drive, really? through, drive through the tunnel. Yeah, I would. Don't want to be on a ferry. Take it, make a week That's of it. That's where, where all this stuff... Oh, yeah, not a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> Go, uh, I, mean, I meant under the river. You under know, the river? On the train. <laughs> In the, really? in, the little, in the little tin can that Why? goes under the sea. Yeah, I suppose you're in the car on your own, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love that journey, but it's a long way the other way. I've still got to go to a wedding. I've still got to stay in a hotel because I'm still doing a three-day service for them. Mm, true. I got, well, one so of my ones... So where does it end? Uh, I've got a wedding in Bucharest Cathedral in October. There we go. And, um, well, it's not going to happen, though, because he, he emailed me... Um, and he was like, yeah, it's because uh, Romania is not on the list of 75 countries we can go to. Might change, of course, but right now it's not. No. Um, and all of the groom's family have to come from America. Oh. So well, it's... rather put the cat amongst the kitchen. Kitchens? Kitchens. Kitchens among the cats. Yeah. Kitchens. I had some stupidly beautiful weddings this year. Mm. All have gone to the great... Covid, yeah. grave wedding. Say grave this in one. The sky. Say this one does go ahead, though. Say some rules change. How would you feel about it? Because that's what the question is about. I would feel. I would feel fine as long as the. I you know I actually trust. Whilst I think that the messages they've given have been somewhat confusing, I do believe that the government's like rules are 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 done for the best practice, the best reasons. So you know, if they said it's safe to go on a plane. Um, and you know these are the these are the the kind of things you need to take into account. Then yeah, I'd do it. I, I wouldn't really have too much of a problem with that. I have to say though, I don't think that you know places like Romania and stuff like that are likely to to be on the list anytime yeah. soon. Sadly. And what about moving back into an office then? Yeah, I'm going to miss miss sitting at my window. <laughs> I have to say, I am, wistfully I will, looking out. Uh, you know, the thing is, it's it, you know you have to be really careful what you how you how you word these things because whilst it's been financially very detrimental actually the the lockdown itself for us personally now i i know that people have gotten well i know two people who have sadly passed away from the bloody thing but um you know actually as a family unit we've done okay with it we've we've enjoyed the time together we've learned things about each other uh the kids have gotten well hasn't been all roses though has it hasn't been at all roses. No, of course, there's been little hiccups. But actually, by and large, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the time we've had together. Mm. You know, if somebody said to you, look, I'm going to give you six months just with your family. I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, and... I don't know how I would have thought to have... I would have ever coped. Now, I know we've had to take loans and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So that aside, but the actual... Aside, I there, are, yeah. there are benefits to it, I think. Um you know, and that's why I say I'm being cautious about what I say because I know people have been affected and by the it grand in reset, very horrible ways. Yes, and of course we would all rather it just never happened. God, yes. But you know, we still that, those six months of the family they've been great. I think um, I'll be now asking you know when you when you <laughs> when are you going to go back to work, Dad? Albie's the same age as as Thomas, isn't mm. he? And uh, Thomas is nervous a, a, about going back. Albie's very school. nervous. Yeah. Albie's nervous about going out the door. I, I have mean, to say, he had a little bit of a, and that that's the that's. I mean, we think about ourselves going back to work with the kids having mm. to go back to their. I know you don't like this phrase, their new normal. Mm. Um, and and Thomas is having a 
bit of an issue with it, to be honest. I mean, we mentioned it the other day, and you saw his little bottom lip quivering. Yeah, yeah. Albie's the same. We should get them together, actually. Yeah. And Edie brought him today. Did you? Yeah, but because... that'd be funny. He could have he could have done a bit of uh, Xbox. Uh, yeah, well, I know, but then I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about the rules and regs and families and bubbles no, and, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and you can and do that because Rosa and Gemma go off at seven o'clock every morning to to ride Casper and do all Caspery things. And, and so Did I'll you be, buy this horse? No, no, it's being rented. Right. Yeah, and and it's being rented by a very kind grandparent. Funny expression, rented. Yeah, rent. What? Well, you can rent a ghost. You ever see that? Rent a ghost. <laughs> I do there was a that. horse in that pantomime horse. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. No, well, next time I'm going to yeah. bring him because he. he they, uh, I didn't. I don't really like him going to the 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 stables because he just stands there. Yeah. Uh, like the horses. Um, and then I thought, actually, yeah, and they can they can sit and worry together. <laughs> well, actually, when we finish this little little railway thing, he could come and go on the railway, couldn't he? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is one from um, before we do this week's book. Um, Tommy, um, we had part one last week. Um, we're getting good at so it's almost like box set questions these days. Uh, from um, t- do you remember Tommy Two Tone? Tommy Two Tone. Tommy Two Tone. That's definitely my favourite name. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about the topic of cell phone cameras, which has been discussed as stiff competition for proper cameras, in inverted commas. Indeed, Olympus is shutting down in large part due to the competition from camera phone technology. Although the lenses and tech continue to improve in cell phones, I believe taking photos with an actual camera will continue well into the future because one won't be distracted mid-photography by the various alerts from a phone call, calendar event, message, reminder and so on. Holding a a purpose-built piece of tech will, with the phone silenced and out of the way, well, one can become immersed in in the task at hand, which at its root is really the practice of observation, in brackets, without distraction. Couldn't agree more there, Tommy. The camera phone, he says, is here to stay, and I use mine often. But for elevated photos, one needs a, an elevated experience free from distraction. I'm thus hopeful for the future of the camera, camera industry. Your thoughts, please. Sounds like a question from school, this. Discuss. Yes, discuss. The principle of buoyancy. Discuss. Uh, well, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I agree, actually. Uh, as I was reading this, I think, yeah, wholeheartedly I agree. Although, you know, I agree. I'm a photographer. I like this idea of observation without distraction. Of course that makes sense. But I can't help feeling that the vast majority of people probably don't feel that way and are quite happy for a, an occasional bing in the middle of taking a photograph to get a text from Aunt Jessie. Yeah. Uh, do you know, it's interesting, I feel, that... All of the adverts that are on television about mobile phones, right, for the last three or four years this has been the case, they never, ever, right, let's just say a new iPhone comes out. Yeah. Never in the advert on the TV do they talk about the phone, their capabilities of it as a phone. It's all about pictures. It's all about pictures. Yeah. All about pictures. And there was one that was released during lockdown, and I can't remember whether it was a Samsung or something, uh, it was a lovely advert. I thought it was really well produced. Um, and it had a little catchy, like, jingle and everything. And But it was all about being it, how far you could zoom into these pictures. And they right. had, like, the picture of there was a little boy jumping off a diving board or something. Oh, and I, captured I, know, it. I know the advert, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he zoomed right yeah, in on it. Very, and very good, yeah. And Strong. It, it was a strong advert. And, and, but I, it's so good. We can neither of us can remember what, no. it was, what the name was. However, <laughs> I remember the advert, for, but not the product. <laughs> but the the point is, there's nothing on these adverts about you know phone. They don't even mention five mm. G mm. on these adverts, mm. uh, even though the newer phones are now five G compatible. 
Um, well, I don't they, think I've ever heard one mention that. No, they don't because it's a given. That's yeah. the given. The given is it takes makes phone calls. Yeah. The given is it's got it's gonna, GPS it's built into it. Gonna, it's got app, the internet on it. Be fine and yeah. Blah. It's all about the, the camera yeah. and filmmaking. Yeah. That's absolutely where it's going. Yeah. Um, so I do think that it's a, a big issue. I have to say, um, well, not issue is not the right word, but I think it's a thing. Put it mm, that way. Mm. Uh, I think that people will always want uh, photography and bigger pictures and all that kind of stuff and prints and and yes, nobody wants to be in- interfered with when they're on- interfered with, Pardon? interrupted when they're they're, they're photographing with their phone. Goodness gracious! <laughs> no, so Gemma's going to be. I'm sorry, Gemma. I do apologise. But I, I I see a blending. You see, mm. I think I think given given a few more generations of cameras, I think. Cameras from the the traditional manufacturers, Sony, Canon, Fujifilm, yeah, etc., yeah. will support much more phone-like technology, um, and I think the phones will support much more camera-like technology. And I don't mean that you'll be holding a GFX to your ear and calling each other, but I think connectivity-wise and uh, the internet and and streaming and all that kind of stuff, I think will you know this is my pr- prediction, writing it down. Well, we did have, didn't, right didn't we have that suggestion a few, uh, a good few episodes ago that you know, having text uh, would be quite handy because uh, during during some photo shoots where things perhaps are not quite so interesting, you can be looking through the viewfinder pretending to work, and you're reading your texts. Yeah, <laughs> I can think of a few wedding speeches where that would have been handy. Right, book review. What have we got this week? All right, so this time we have uh, lovely. Do you, do you know the um? Publisher Faden. Faden. I do. I do. How do you yeah. pronounce it? Yes. Um, it is Faden, I think, isn't it? Faden, I say. Faden. Faden. P H A I D O N. Silent letters. I know how much you love them. I hate silent letters. What's the point? Absolutely no point. <laughs> Takes up paper space and time and effort and <laughs> absolutely pointless things. Uh, says the Welshman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there's no silent letters in Wales. It's all. <laughs> Every single Everything one. Everything makes you spit yes, and swear. Yes, it's a wonderful language. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a fighting book, and it's called Magnum Football. Boom. There you go. Um, on the inside cover, my one says, asterisk, US edition, Magnum Soccer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, so they've they've kind of asterisk, asterisked it and said, in the US edition, Magnum Soccer. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, soccer, to our American friends, is football to us. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is a, a actually a small footprint book, but quite a lot of pages, um, all about football in various genres, um, times and kind of spheres of... Um, is it international? No, it's so they're all by Magnum photographers. Yeah, but right? in, in international... No. Oh. So, for example, we have on page 126, Martin Frank photographer, right. Newcastle upon Tyne, England, 1977. Uh, little boys playing football down the back uh, of a pro- street. Pro- proper backstreet yeah, sort of... Um, proper backstreet yeah. football. Real grassroots, um, well, with, without the grass. So it's this book is, is broken up into... this. Uh, honestly, this book does not just appeal to people who like uh, football or soccer. Now, you're not a massive football soccer fan, are you? I like it, but no, it's not. You're, you're I, really I a rugby man. I'm a rugby person. Yeah. So the book is... Uh, broken down into several parts the team the place the supporters the past the beautiful game the goal the passion Uh, and my favorite sections are the supporters and the passion Um, so i'm going to go to page 73 where the supporter stuff starts and already i'm already in that area and it's amazing you've got all of the from all around the world from all cultures all um, you know what i've just seen one you've gone past one there there's a black and white just go over there I uh, know oh, it wasn't the heads. Is it the heads and the hand? It's upside down. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the heads and hands. Uh, 
see, see that for me is the is the is the archetypal picture at the end of a season where you've done everything it all rested on the last match of the season and and the and, and a goal went as an equalizer right at the, right at the death which means you got relegated and there's always two or three supporters left in this in the stadium nobody everybody else has gone home and they're like and this oh, is, my life is finished. This is Chris Steele Perkins' photograph. Uh, once again, Newcastle. Sorry, Newcastle. <laughs> oh uh, 1996, Newcastle United supporters following a 1-1 draw with Tottenham Hotspur in the final game of the season. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Newcastle were beaten to the Premiership League title by Man United, uh, having led uh, for much of the yes, year. Yes, I know, yeah. Oh, God. yeah. I mean, that wasn't like being relegated, but it must have felt like it for them. But then, look, if you flip three pages forward, uh, this is a photo by uh, John Vink. Remember, they're all Magnum photographers. Yes. Um... David Hearn, Ninian Park. There we go. Now I've stood there many times. Cardiff Wales, 1977. A father and son watch Cardiff City lose 3 1 to Chelsea. The best thing about that picture is the son is stood on the little stool that the dad has brought with him. So oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. I really love well, this I do, I do remember, I mean, um, when, when football stadiums were, you could stand up on the terraces and that's yeah. where, you know, I, m- I remember going to, to Highbury to watch uh, Arsenal play in there and just it, I think I was, I can't, I can't have been, what, 10, 11 maybe and, it was one of those experiences. I think the first time you ever go to your first adult football match, yeah, and the the crowd is surging for them coming back. You know that sort of. It really is a atmosphere. fantastic book. Uh, oh right, okay. There's two very opposing different pages. Yeah, there's uh, there's two <laughs> again di- diametrically yes, different yes, for sure. Yes. Um, so should you get this book? Uh, page one hundred and seventy. <laughs> Bruno Barbie, Parc de Prince, Paris. Yeah. Uh, Parc de Ponce Parc de Ponce Paris uh, France been there many times 1998 Jamaica supporter at the Argentina v Jamaica World Cup match Jamaica lost 5-0 you need to see that picture too it's Jamaican ladies uh, being very Jamaican enjoying themselves and quite right opposite Newcastle Newcastle boys being very Newcastle Chris Steele Perkins Newcastle (laughs) upon Tyne England 1996 (laughs) Newcastle United fans watch their team draw 1-1 with Tottenham Hotspur same game Um, that man there is holding up fingers that are adding up to the total score let's just say that Um, anyway I think it's a wonderful book and I will I will link to it of course if you love football you'll love this book but if you love photography you'll also love this book um, I hope it's still available. It's yeah. it's not. I've, there's a price sticker on the back, nine pound ninety five. But I've had this for quite a long time. Yeah, so that's a glorious book. Ma- Magnum football. Magnum football. Yeah. Right. Just time for a, this is the very last disaster story. We're gonna have to come up with a new feature. New feature, Kevin. Uh, g'day from down under, Kevin and Neil. Please don't say that with an Australian accent. Oh, sorry. Good day from down under, Kevin and Neil. If Kevin is reading this, which he isn't. Um, you say my name, sir, the surname is like Sealing, but with an ends instead of an ing. For Nanto, just think of NATO, but with an extra N. Nanto Sealants. Did I say that correctly then? Well, we, well, we had one from Nanto last week. We did, uh, we, yeah. Yes. And we probably said it wrong then, didn't we? Uh, Tell I, me you didn't do something Australian, which you shouldn't have I done. I didn't do it Australian. Oh, God. We're getting so much trouble for names. My disaster story is equipment related. I was given a relatively new Nikon D7100, and after only having had it for a few days, I decided to try tethering it to the MacBook Pro via USB to transfer some images off. Normally, I'd have taken my SD card out and plugged that into my laptop directly, but it was a new toy. My mistake was just grabbing an old USB cable I had lying around. At the moment I plugged it into my MacBook, uh, or the MacBook died, and the camera started behaving weirdly. A short in the cable ended up destroying the MacBook Pro. Oh my God! 
I was able to pull out the hard drive and rescue the files and caused a, a permanent glitch, though, in my Nikon that always left it, thinking that it was tethered via USB, the result of which meant that all the menu options were greyed out. That's handy. <laughs> God. Brilliant. I made a temporary USB dongle that would trick the camera into thinking it was no longer tethered and enabled all the menus, but eventually I had to suck it up and get a brand new mainboard fitted to the camera. An incredibly costly experience when you consider that the US, uh, USB cable cost me just $5. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, I did end up getting a new MacBook Pro out of it, and to this day my wife thinks I did it deliberately to get a brand new computer. <laughs> I'm, sure you, I'm sure you didn't, but... Thank you, Nainto, for that. And uh, thank you for all the disaster stories that you've been sending in over the last few months. Right, that's it. We'll have to think of something else to... I'm going to put you in the... Need to think of something else to do next week pile, which is a a new feature pile, which is just there right that's it for this week oh before we go um kev you've got something important we must talk about yeah so uh we were we put something on the facebook group already so some of you have seen this there's a competition that's being run by the heart valve uk charity and it's it's quite interesting actually they are looking for photographers to um do some kind of documentary stuff it's a competition but the the winners uh, we'll get to go to the House of Parliament and yeah. various things like that. It's quite a big yeah. prize. So we will put the links on the um, show notes for today. And, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Do you, do you get to go to the Houses of Parliament when they're actually sitting or will this be when they're in, in recess? I have no idea. Nothing to do with me. However, I have been to the Houses of Parliament. Do, do you know, I've always wanted to go. Have you been when they've been um, spouting forth? No, right. we went on a private tour. Get you. And we went to the pub underneath in the basement. <laughs> oh, you've mentioned this yeah. because they have their own pub, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Have it's... you ever been to Australia before? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I have been to the House of Parliament. Oh, this seems to be the wrong way round. <laughs> I've always wanted to go. I couldn't go when the public gallery is open, though, because I'm too afraid I might shout something down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, no, no. And get in a lot of trouble. It would, I, I, it would, I think it would be a little bit like being in a zoo. Order! Anyway, thank you um, for joining us this week. Um, if you've liked this or any of the week's shows, uh, make sure, please, you leave a lovely... Re- no, no, we're not allowed to say that. You leave a review, whether it's lovely or not. That entirely is up to you, of course, in the Apple Podcasts app. If you can share the episode on Twitter or on Facebook, you are a star. And let us know uh, where you're sharing, because uh, we'd like to give those platforms a shout, too. Um, see you in the Facebook group for any questions you have about today's show. Play nice, of course. Our mods, Steve and Pete, are in there, too, with a shiny FIFA referee whistles at standby now that they're they're allowed back into stadiums now to be refs aren't they you can, football's back on again did you see the uh, because the mighty Arsenal who both you and I support yeah. are in the FA Cup final I know I couldn't believe it and there's the referee normally yeah. uh, they only have uh, one re- a referee only uh, refs the FA Cup final once in his life that's, that's right always been the way yeah yeah um, but this time because no family are allowed to go <laughs> they've picked a referee that's done it once before because they didn't want whoever they did pick they didn't oh. want the new referee to not have the uh, his family there the honor and, of, and the honour oh, of it that's so, that, so they've picked yeah. this, they've picked a fellow what did it before well how thoughtful yeah. do you know there's some irony about the uh, the FA Cup of course wouldn't wouldn't ever happen in August would it it would always be in May oh, um, and so I haven't had a wedding all year long all year long really well I did a couple in well one in January one in Feb 
and um, and Arsenal get through to the FA Cup final. It's the day you're. It's the wedding. only day this year. Uh, I've got a wedding. <laughs> so, yeah. My eyes went to the ceiling. It was COVID irony. Anyway, that's it. Music from Blue Wednesday. Supporting music from the incredible artlist.io. And we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.